The autumn wind is a pirate. Welcome, Raider Nation, to the Raider Nation podcast. And I am your host, Raider Greg. Welcome to the show. And the Super Bowl is finally over. So the Raiders can really get down to some business. That's what I'm talking about. Yes, the AFC came out and dominated the field, once again showing how tough our division is. Well, I have to remind you that the AFC here in the West has been dominant, period, with San Diego, Kansas City, and Denver, all three viable playoff teams and being in the playoffs shows just how freaking tough it is here in the West. So without further ado, today's show. Yeah, yeah. Do you know about my city? The city of Oak. Oh, don't you know? Do you know about my city? The city of Oak. Raider fans, today's show will include, yes, Moss Rumors Persist. Gotta go over that one. Okay, here's one for you. Top 10 draft picks from 1980. We're going to talk about the top 10 draft picks from 1980. Winners, losers, question marks, busts, whatever. It's very interesting when you look at that. It gives you a different perspective of the draft. It's a crapshoot! Exactly. This proves my point that I've been telling you guys for two years now. Another story, of course. We're going to talk about five key reasons or five key factors in victory of a team throughout the season. This kind of puts together what we need to do as an organization for the Raiders. This comes from theeyepatch.com, a recent site that I just discovered myself. Uh, I encourage all Raider Nation podcast fans to check it out. Uh, This guy's got a, a thing going. I think it's a blog. Check it out, and we'll go over that as well. And here we go. The story I love. Raiders, NFC champions. You can't wait to get into that one. And, of course, Ray Guy misses the Hall of Fame again. That is truly the entire league's downfall. And it falls in the face of the NFL, the history of the NFL, and the foundations of this game. And, of course, we'll hit the Raider Nation podcast comments forum section. Yeah, Randy. Randy loves it. He really loves it. And before I get too far into anything today in today's show, let me remind the Raider Nation that right here in Oak, Town. We're going to have the Commitment to Excellence Award Dinner on March 9th, 2007, set up by, of course, the steering committee for the Oakland Raiders Booster Clubs. It will honor, of course, our monster man, Nambi Asumwa. During the fifth annual Commitment to Excellence Award presentation dinner at the Hilton Oakland Airport. So check it out. Call for your details. You can uh, email the Raiders, of course, I'm sure, and uh, they will give you information. Or you can call area code 650-428-0810. 
very, very cool. Uh, it's pre- presented by fans. Um, it used to be, of course, called the Gorman Award, and it's for recognition of the player who best exemplifies poise, pride, and spirit of the Oakland Raiders. So that's what I'm talking about. Uh, David Laughlin, Denise Brown, and Debbie Parker, of course, uh, gave Naomi Asamoah this the last game of the season. And this is a dinner to kind of, that's a dinner. So check it out. It's awards dinner. It's very, very cool. I plan on being there. So you should plan on being there. If you're going to be jonesing for football, you should get on over there if you're in the area. Very, very cool. Nyambe deserves it, man. This guy hit it hard for, yes, eight interceptions this season. And that's pretty doggone cool. And, of course, his first career touchdown and his second career sack and his eight picks. So very, very cool. And I encourage all, one and all, to check it out. Okay. Persistent rumors still abound about Green Bay wanting Candy Moss to return to the frozen tundra that he used to torture them on every season when he played with the Vikings. Yes, Brett Favre himself came out with a quote saying, I would love to get the ball to Randy my last year here in Green Bay. When? How long is that going to go on? How many last years are you going to have, Brett? Uh, I do like Brett Favre. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to cap on him. I just think it's funny the way it came out. It's like he wants to reunite with his arch rival from the past. You know what I say? Get on out there, Candy. Get your skinny little butt out there. And as someone said on my Carmart Ford section, you can just go out for the long pass with your skinny little arm out up in the air waving all the way to Green Bay. Don't stop till you drop in Green Bay. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, Randy Moss or Candy Moss, we're going to start calling him from now on, can hit the road. It's good news. Of course, Raider fans, we're going to be dumping this hot potato and his big fat contract on Green Bay. I love it. I'd love to see it. Let's just hope it comes true. The autumn wind is a pirate. Okay, the Raiders, NFC champs. Of course the Raiders are AFC. Everybody knows. The reason I said that was, can you imagine if the Raiders were in the NFC? It would take two, maybe three players for us to go all the way to the Super Bowl next season. Yes, I know it sounds funny, but if you look at the Chicago Bears and their defense, and you look at the Raiders and our defense, we're very, very close to them in that situation. A few few more turns and a few more twists, and we could certainly be there. You could have Andrew Walter in the Super Bowl his first season. Can you imagine? That's exactly what happened to Rex the gross man, what it come down to pressure, that is. Yeah, we shouldn't be too hard on the guy. It's his rookie season, and he did take the team to the Super Bowl. That's enough said. Could he get any worse? Hmm, probably not. Could he get any better? Maybe, and if he does, you can expect him to come back and stick it in everybody's face the next time he does. It leads me to believe, though, that the owner of the Bears is going to have a hard time making a contract with Lovey Smith. That's going to be an ugly scene. I hope it goes smooth for him because he doesn't deserve anything but the very best. Excellent coach. 
great coach, great job this year. But if the Raiders were in the NFC, we'd have a cakewalk. The AFC is a dominant league. It is absolutely dominating the scene in every division. Check it out, and you see. Look at who you got to play. I don't have to go any further than that. Ray Guy gets dissed again. The best punter in history. The reason that they start clocking hang times on footballs. The only player to actually hit the camera on the roof of a domed coliseum. The only guy. This is Ray Guy. This was the miraculous punter that everyone, not just Raider fans, enjoyed seeing. Let me say this. There has not been ever a punter like Ray Guy. It is a travesty and an absolute joke of the NFL to not have this guy enshrined in the Hall of Fame. As far as greatness in positions goes, there is no one close. His records still stand. He is absolutely necessary in the Hall of Fame. They don't have a punter in the Hall of Fame. That alone is a joke. You can't tell me that they don't belong in the Hall of Fame. Are they the janitors of the NFL? Is it a fact that a guy, a fan, a crazed fan could get into the Hall of Fame, but Ray Guy can't? The shame here, NFL, is that Ray Guy, a foundation of this organization, one of those many who made the game what it is today, will be shunned like the rest of the players that were the basis of the NFL, the multi-billion dollar corporation it is today, because there's no money in it. Well, that's bullshit. Ray Guy deserves his place and his bronze statue in the Hall of Fame. He has earned it, and he deserves it. The fact that he's not there makes the NFL Hall of Fame a sham, along with several others, may I say, like Stabler, Plunkett, Flores. I could go on. Cliff Branch. Man, I could just go on. Lester Hayes. I cannot believe. Here we go. We have many Raiders in the Hall of Fame. That is very true. Is it our fault that we had such a great team? Third in history of the sport, as far as wins go, winning percentage, number three. That's pretty doggone good. And you'd expect to have some damn good players on those teams. And we did. That's why you have so many in the Hall of Fame. It is the NFL's loss that Ray Guy got punked again. And it just goes to show what kind of a paper organization it is. And I don't know about you guys, but this new uh, head of the NFL, I don't know. It's, it's, it's going to be hard for me to uh, warm up to this guy so far. I'm not seeing much, but then again, does it matter? Oh, here's a little hit. Jake Plummer is out of Denver. He's leaving the Doncos and going somewhere, free agency perhaps, but he's testing the waters because... 
He's going to be warming the pie next season. And he wants out. Well, Bake Plumber, you can't do the big game. And there you go. You lost your job. I love the beard, though. Nice look. Maybe you should move up to the mountains and make a series, some kind of series on animals or, I don't know, vegetables or minerals. I don't know. One of those up in the Rocky Mountains. Please don't come west. Be a lady tonight. Let's look here. The top 10 picks. Since 1980, the top 10 picks. QBs, running backs, or wide receivers. So those are the ones we're talking about here. And it's included 12 quarterbacks, four running backs, and two wide receivers. Let's go over who they are. And this is what I'm saying. It's a crapshoot. The traps of crapshoot. We haven't solidified our offensive team yet as far as coaching goes. We will see what happens. We're almost there. We got a couple more pieces of the puzzle, and we're on the road. Anyway, without further ado, in 1983, Elway, definitely worth the pick. He did a lot for Denver. 1987, Vinny Testaverde, a very steady quarterback. Maybe not worth the first pick in the round, but... He did, he did pretty well, but never got to the show. Troy Aikman in 89, totally worth the pick. 1990, remember who that was? Jeff George, the arm without a head. A waste of the top pick for sure of any first-round pick for sure. <laughs> Jeff George. Well, it was nice to see you last year. Uh, kind of freaked everybody out, but it was nice to see you. Drew Bledsoe in 93. He had a good career, but I don't know if he was worth a top pick. It's debatable. Peyton Manning, definitely worth a pick. Tim Couch, uh, totally not worth a top pick. Michael Vick, some people will say he's not worth a top pick. I'd say he probably is worth a top pick, and I say that because I don't think they, they knew how to use him. Let's see if Petrino knows how to use him and can make it work for them. David Carr, not worth a top pick. They're still waiting for this man to blossom, and I think he's going to blossom right into the convalescent hospital because he ain't going nowhere. nowhere. Carson Palmer, that was a good pick. I'd have to say probably worth it. We'll have to see, but I still say it was a good pick. Eli Manning, Nice one on you, San Diego. Best thing that ever happened to the Chargers is not getting Beli or <laughs> Beli Manning because Beli ain't worth crap. I love it. I love it. I love it so. Alex Smith, I don't think he was worth the top pick, but he's still making some moves. He has improved, so time will tell because he was picked in 05. And Eli, <laughs> Beeline Manning was picked in 04. What a difference. Okay, running backs, 1980, Billy Sims. That's kind of debatable. He had 5,000 yards and, and three pole, pro, pro Bowls. So he did pretty well. Um, but some people will question that. George Rogers in 1981. Does anybody remember him? I surely don't. And so that makes him a <laughs> bad Pick, absolutely bad. And in 1986, yes, Bo Jackson, absolutely, positively, priceless, worth the top pick. I wish we had two more of them right 
now. So, and then in 1995, Kajana Carter, and he was not even worth a top pick or even a first-round pick. Wide receivers, 1984, Irving Fryer. You better make that guy a top pick because he was in five Pro Bowls. Uh, He did pretty good. And 96, Keyshawn Johnson, good career, but never really made it happen all the way. But he was entertaining all the way through. So let's see. Based on the evidence, it would seem that the odds are not good of any of these three positions, especially QBs. QBs have the best chance in, to have a stellar career. And you know what that is? 25%. 25% success rate. Three out of 12 or better, if you want to include Palmer, Vic, or Bledsoe. So running backs also had a 25% success rate. One out of four. So... Like I said before, it's a crapshoot. Wide receivers don't get much, you know, because it's not warranted for a first-round pick because there has been so many busts. And I I just got to say this. My opinion, that is, if we're looking for a franchise quarterback and we're not going to use Walter, we should probably go for Russell, I think. Now, if we're going to use Walter, we might want to go for David Heward out of Kansas City or, you know, somewhere else. Um, But uh, uh, definitely someone who's played, uh, Matt Schaum, someone who's played in the NFL already with experience because we're going to need this. We're actually going to need two quarterbacks, I would have to say. We could also pick one up in way later rounds and see what happens with that. But if we're going to use Walter... We should go for, of course, Peterson. We have to do that. We have to do that because if we're not going to do that, um, then we got to go for Russell. But Peterson as a running back is something I think the team really, really needs. I know that uh, Jordan's there and Fargus is there. We need someone to bust it out. We really need a good running back, and I just don't think we have one. I know our offensive line was hurting, but there you go. Now, here it is. You guys are forcing me into this draft crap right now because you guys are all talking about it. Everybody's got the draft on the boards. Everybody's talking about Russell. Everybody's talking about who we should take uh, in the draft. You know, it's a crapshoot. Just like I said, I just let you know the top picks from 1980 in those three positions, and look what happened. These are playmakers. These are game breakers. These guys make it or break it and make it happen. These are all first-round big money. And I'll tell you this, too. The Oakland Raiders are going to spend absolutely huge dollars on whoever they pick in the first round. If they keep that first pick, they are going to spend money. They're going to go out big and drop some big money And I'll tell you this, if I was going to pay someone $28 million and put it in their hot little hands, I'd have their funky ass out on the field tomorrow. You will start tomorrow. You're not going to start, you know, in three years. We're not going to give you a time to get adjusted and get all warm and fuzzy uh, underneath, you know, the, the, the warm lights in the gym. We are going to put your 
ass out on the field and make it play. Look at this. Roethlisberger and also, yes, Grossman. First year as quarterbacks in the Super Bowl. There you go. This is a new NFL, and I'll tell you this, college ball has changed. Uh, it's not as slow as it used to be. You know, college players would come out and say, well, the NFL is so much faster. I believe myself that college is becoming so much more competitive that the difference between the two has narrowed quite a doggone bit. So in other words, you come out of college at any position, well, look at Joseph, look at a die. Here's another perfect example of someone who just made that transition so quick. It is not the same way it used to be. Players can come into this league and make a difference right now. Now, of course, with Grossman and Roethlisberger, as you saw him this year, they have some things to work out. Of course, experience makes a big difference, and the rest of the team around you certainly makes a big difference. But what I'm saying is if you have a team in place, you don't have to get that guy and let him sit for three years and watch the plays and see how the system works. For crying out loud, with the Raiders, there'd be three different systems a guy would have to learn and still get off the bench. I think that's bullshit, and I don't think it's going to happen. I think it's not going to happen at all. Nope, not hardly. Okay, let's move on. The iPatch.com comes in with these five things that you can see in the Super Bowl winning team that we should be looking for here in Oakland. First one of all, no player problems. No sister twins in the locker room complaining about whatever and causing disruption among the players and the team. No alligator arm receivers. No big mouse popping off about this or that. We need to have a team. Hey, what a concept. We need to have a team together, and these guys got to be ready to bleed for each other. Trust you me. We need sensible coaches that are level-headed and make decisions based on fact and principle and history. Is that too much to ask for? I'll tell you this. How many times in the stands in the last three seasons have you gone, what the hell were they thinking? Exactly. That's exactly my point. We need to have coaches that use their melon for something for more than just a place to put their microphone. Because what we're seeing is very poor decision-making all the way down the tree. Please, down to the roots. So that is a huge, huge factor, too. Here's another one. A quarterback that can carry a team when they need to. A quarterback that can turn the momentum of the game. And I hate to use the name, but I will. Tom Brady. Here's another one for you. How about Rich Gannon? Rich Gannon put the team on his shoulders more than once. And not only that, Hell, we're still talking about him. We're talking about him coming back and coaching. Why? Because Gannon, the cannon, was a great 
inspiration and a hard-ass worker who would watch film for hours, practice for hours, train for hours, constantly live, eat, breathe, and crap football. That is the kind of guy we need as a quarterback. We also need players who are willing to step up. We need players that are willing to go beyond themselves. We need players ready to sacrifice their kidney on the field to make it happen. We have some. I'm not saying we don't. We have some great players on this team. But we need them to come alive when the heat is on, baby. We need these players to come alive and make it happen when it has to happen. Huge. The other thing, and last but not least, the Raiders don't need a Randy Moss. No, we don't need a Warren Sapp. I know you. I know what you're going to say. You say what? Ah, uh, you guys, that's a bunch of bullshit, right? No, I'm telling you right now, we don't need him because I'll tell you, we just need class act guys. Okay, look at Harrison on the Colts. That is the kind of player we need. Joseph Adai, do you hear him flapping his jaw? Nope. You don't. You don't see people on winning teams flapping their gums because they prove their shit on the field. Excuse my language. But they do it. They do it and they show it and they don't have to say it because they are it. Exactly. Exactly. So those... All those things, as you can see, make a huge difference in a team. And something that the Raiders, and let me just say this to you. I'm going to pop off right now and go on a tangent. I'm going to go on a tangent about this. You know, I have to tell you this. I have two daughters. Both are in basketball and both play on two different teams. And one coach for one of my daughters is very tactical and practical. He's a good tactician. He talks a lot about the play and how you play and what you play. But there's a missing factor in that team. The missing factor is the motivation, the inspiration, the positive feedback, and creating the idea and the phenomena of team. Of team. You have to have someone who can pull the team together and make it a reality and not just something to talk about. Because blatantly obvious, on the other end of the spectrum, my other daughter's coaches, okay, coaches, not only are very tactical and practical, but they instill a passion for the game. They instill inspiration and dedication, and they light that fire in those girls. So when they go play, man, they're playing for all of it. They're playing for it all. They leave it all out there. That is the difference in coaching. That makes the difference between a game, a team like the Raiders last season who needed that spark, who needed someone to pull them together to be the right guy, and didn't happen. Did not happen. Now, some would say it happened too much on that side, the emotional side, and not enough on the practical side. That's what I would say. I would say that 
Archell could be the cheerleader. However, he lost it in his tactical and practical aspect because his coaching staff just sucked. They blew. The, the moment Tom Walls came in, the Flapjack King took him down. Took him down like a burnt pancake. And so, and Art couldn't do anything about it. And, you know, Art shortcomings, and I've already gone over those. But I'm just saying, the difference between these two sets of coaches was so obvious, and it sparked something in me, and I had to tell you about it. So there. Let us move on to the Rainer Nation podcast. Comments for him. Section! <laughs> Raider Rico comes in with Raider Nation. Hey, Raider Craig, I'm a longtime listener, but this is my first post. Welcome, my brother. I'm a Rican too, man, I'll tell you. I want to start off by saying that your show is great. Thank you very much. And I can't wait to listen to every new episode. Well, thank you, man. That's awesome. That makes Randy and I feel pretty doggone good. So here we go with the explicit because... I love you, fans. Man, you guys are awesome. Okay, what's to start off by saying, fuck Jeff Garcia. <laughs> we don't need him, nor do we want him. And what's this shit about the Raiders talking about drafting Brady Quinn? It freaking flopped in the bowl game and showed no emotion. Yeah, man, he was all about the deer in a headlight look. My pick. Uh, like the rest of the nation, Jamarcus Russell or Dwayne Jarrett. That's another name I've heard too, brother. What do you think about drafting a running back, maybe Adrian Peterson? I think that is a perfectly good idea. If you trade for a higher pick in the draft uh, and rumors uh, about the 40 whiners, close but no cookie, sharing a standing with the Raiders, I say, Freak that. I don't want nothing to do with their liberal, rainbow-loving, bandwagon fans. Keep up the good work, and I'll be posting much more later. How can I send a badass Raider photos to your website? Well, you can put them on the Frapper map, which is cool. And let me just encourage all the Raider Nation to get your mug on the Frapper map. It's on the front page of the RaiderNationPodcast.com website. Check it out. Get your mug in there. Put some photos in there, brother. Let the nation see the nation, okay? You know what I'm saying? It's awesome to see fans in their pictures, the, the craziness that happens during football season. Wear your shit and put it down. That's what I say. And get him on there, man. Thank you, Raider Rican, my brother. Asian persuasion. Hall of Famer. These kids not choosing Rigai is just straight bullshit. Absolutely, man. Totally. Heard my story. Freaks me out. Mike Larry Raider 18 PSL. Let's do it. Haven't written on a comment forum in a while, but I'm back. Unlike that frick-ass Randy Moss. I cannot believe what you guys said uh, as he was referring to the new coach and wanting to talk to him. Absolutely, man. Happened just like that. 
I've always wanted Moss to be a Raider, but now screw him. All he did was prove every negative thing that the media said about him is true. That's true, man. And if he were right here, I would say to him, screw you. You don't want to be a Raider. We don't want you to be one either, you mother. (laughs) Can't go too much into that, my friends. Great post. Mike Lowry, let me tell you, that's exactly what he said to our new coach. It's already been in the media. And you know what? That's it. That's why he's out of here. Just rejoice, nation, because Candy Moss is out of here. Okay, he also comes in with enough talk about Moss. Uh, let me be the first to say if if and when they trade Moss, the Raiders will go will be drafting Calvin Johnson. Ah, so you think we're going to draft a, a wide receiver? I hope not. I'm ready to talk draft. You guys are pushing it on me. All of you guys are pushing the draft on me. We could top draft to the cows come home. <laughs> I know, I know. It's something to talk about. But you know what? I'll tell you, you got to wait to see where the coach, direction of the coach is going, and you will know that when we start dropping players. That's the deal right there, or trading them. There's some things the Raiders should try to address in the same draft are running back, tight ends, and fullback. Let me just say that. Wide receiver, we have plenty. And some a D-line, of course, to help Sackmaster get a quarterback. Let me say this. Fullback, we need a bruiser fullback. I, <laughs> we need a bruiser fullback. Uh, we need one. I'll tell you. Wherever we get it, we need one. P.S. Raider Greg, let everyone who helps you with the show know that all of you guys are doing a great job. Well, everyone, that would be Randy, the bald raider. <laughs> He's everyone. <laughs> yeah, it's for sure. It's me and Randall. It's our show. But thank you very much. I love to talk about football. Even better, I love talking about silver and black year-round. Well, cool. Raider Nation will be back sooner on top than top sooner than you think. I think so, too. I'm telling you, man. Mike Lowry, PSL 18, you are on the M-O-N-E-Y, brother, because I think we're coming back to big time. And thanks for the props. I really appreciate all of them. And here, our good friend, of course, from theblackholesun.com, Adingo ate my baby. He comes in this week with, as always, great job with the podcast. Thank you so much, my brother. And he puts down... The drafts that we should have here. Now, let's see if I can do this justice. Number one, Jamarcus Russell, QB, or Calvin Johnson, wide receiver. I'd love to see the Raiders go after Damon Heward this offseason, along with Walter and Tui. Tui's not going to re-sign. We should be fine at the QB. Heward, proven he could do the job in Kansas City this year with piss-poor receivers. He would bring in a veteran presence to continue Andy Walter's progression. In this case, we could pick up Calvin Johnson, the best wide receiver prospect in the past 10 years. This would put us in position for the playoffs immediately instead of waiting for Russell to mature. Yeah, two or three years down the road with Russell, I have to agree with that. Green is getting old in the tooth, long in the tooth, man. And I don't think they're going to let Damon go. If they do, I will be totally surprised. And if we take him, I will be jacked 
because Jamarcus Russell is a work in progress. However, don't underestimate this guy. Heck, if he doesn't work out as a quarterback, we can make him a fullback. Because believe you me, he is big enough. Number two, Zach Miller, tight end. Or Amobi Okoy. I think that's how you say it. Uh, Robert Moorhead, don't laugh. I know you're still laughing about the King Kamehameha comment. I'm still laughing about the King Kamehameha comment. Um, or Adam Kriker, defensive end. These are easy names. Really, I shouldn't have any trouble with that. As mentioned by others, Miller is a serious need as we don't have a tight end worth the damn. You damn straight we don't have a tight end. We have chiffon fingers. They got grease all over their fingers instead of stick them. They can't block, and that's for sure. They drop too many balls, that's for sure. In the way AFC West, the critical to dominate uh, the middle of the field with a tight end. Yes, Akoy was dominant in the senior ball. If he slips to us at two, he'd be an excellent fit and an eventual successor to Sap. Akoy, a K. Now you say it, Akoy, a K. I don't know. Oki is what I'm going to call him, is only 19. He is already dominant. He's very intelligent and quick. And so let's go on to number three. Brian Leonard, running back, halfback, fullback. Or Troy Smith, quarterback. Or David Ball, right receiver. This is a dingo ate my baby. These are my day one targets. Um, there are not any O-linemen in the bunch because I think that we can address it in free agency. And with the new zone-blocking scheme, yes, the offensive line coach now is going to have the new scheme. So these guys may might turn around and be miraculous players, which I am hoping. Uh, and with this zone-blocking scheme, I think we can have it. Uh, we have a lot of youth on the line already, like he says. And we could use a vet or two to help with the zone blocking. I agree, man. I think we should go off a free agency for the offensive line, too. Thank you. A dingo ain't my baby. A Raider, 1138. Ray Guy misses Hall of Fame. So Ray Guy got punted off the Hall of Fame list once again. I just don't understand this. But, hey, at least Flores got his name mentioned a few times by Phil Simms during the Super Bowl. The combine is coming, just two weeks. I can't wait. I can't wait either, man. It's coming. We got two weeks to the combine, and the Raiders are heading on. They're heading on because this is it. Another another reason to hope. Another reason to think that we could come back to victory and dominate and dominate the, the entire NFL. But at least we could dominate the AFC West. Hey, if we dominate the AFC West, we will definitely be going to the playoffs. There is no doubt about it. Well, Raider Nation, I have made one inroad to the Raiders. I'm hoping that it bears some fruit. So I will keep you posted as soon as it happens. We'll be keeping you on top of what's happening here in Raiderland in this offseason because I need my Raider fix. That's what I say because I need it. I need my Raider fix all year long, especially when we ain't got no football. Because if you haven't noticed, the only thing coming up is the Pro Bowl or the Snow Bowl, I like to call it, because it's nothing but a bunch of snow. 
but there ain't no playing going on there, and it's a waste of time to watch. It's a bunch of millionaires having fun in Hawaii, which is cool, I guess, if you're into that kind of thing. You get to see your favorite players, and they can talk. Thank you once again for tuning in to the Raider Nation podcast. Randy and I work hard to try to make it happen for the nation. Spread the word, Raider fans, because we'll be here all year. Okay? <laughs> this is Raider Greg, and I am out. Out.